This is a great crowd to have you here. Thank you for your faithfulness of coming to the house of the Lord every Wednesday night and believing in the power of prayer. We're so thankful that each and every one of you are here. If you have tithes and offerings, you can drop them back there in the tithe boxes located as you go out the doors there. We have the privilege tonight. I have Brother Thomas going to come and uh, bring forth the word of God tonight. I'd like for you to welcome him. church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. How many of you enjoyed the uh, services over the weekend? Wasn't they, wasn't they great? Just a, a mighty presence of God. You know, I, I want to give a appreciation to these pastors. You know, Pastor Kent uh, Sunday morning preached on the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church. Um, I guess about a week ago, we Janet and I ordered a uh, movie from a company, and it was entitled Before the Wrath. And it was a powerful presentation. Scholars have found out some things in talking about the rapture of the church, and one of the sad things that was said during that um, video that we were watching, that DVD, was year by year we are losing people that are believing in the second coming of the Lord. And uh, that's, that's pretty sad to hear. You know, Pastor, uh, Sunday morning, let's get the service started out right, okay? He said, how many of you believe... In the rapture of the church, raise your hands. I want to ask you, if you believe in the rapture of the church, would you stand up? If you believe in the rapture of the church. Well, it looks like everybody's uh, standing up. You, you know, when I was in school, we would, uh, we would have fire drills. Now, we're going to have rapture practice, okay? Just a moment. Everybody follow me and let's go like this. We're going to have some rapture practice. Amen. Well, Brother Ken, I believe they're ready, you know, for the rapture. Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. I'm going to make it in the rapture. How about you? I'm going to be in that rapture. Sunday night, Brother Randy preached a powerful word. And, uh, man, the presence of God was so good around the altars and and uh, one of the themes that I brought out of that, uh, Pastor Randy, was how that we're in a day where we've got to trust God. Got to put all our trust in God in these, in these days and hours in, in uh, which we're living in. About a, a month and a half ago, two months, somewhere around there, God really spoke something in my spirit. I, I actually told... Uh, Pastor Ken about it just in the passing in his service. But have you ever have you ever heard the voice of God, the inward voice of God, and it was it was so loud with inside of you it almost sounded like an audible voice? Well, the Lord spoke some things to me uh, 
And I want to I just share a few things tonight with you and, and something that the Lord really uh, spoke with me about two months ago. I always like to put a title on, a, on the message, and I've entitled this message, Staying Strong in Unstable Times. Staying Stable in Unstable Times. How many of you know we're in times that are very unstable? And where are we? You know, I thought about another title. Uh, do you know what time it is? Because if you, if you look in the, the scriptures, church, we can see that really the, the word of God paints us a portrait of the day and hour in which we live. If you want to know what is going on in our world today, all we have to do is look into the book. And we see everything that is happening and, uh, you know, the timetable concerning the, uh, the church and the characteristics of this day in which we live. What are some of the characteristics of the, the day and the hour in which we live? I, I, I wrote down several things. And then I want to share with you something that the Spirit of the Lord really spoke and shouted within my spirit and I hope tonight that, you know, you'll receive something tonight and maybe receive that as well because I believe it's a word for the season. So I wrote down several things as uh, I began to look into end time signs. And, you know, uh, Jesus in Matthew 24, he, he literally talked about some of the signs of the time, some of the characteristics of this day and this hour in which we live, what it was going to be like. In, in this end time, in these perilous times. One of the very first things that Jesus said in Matthew 24, and we'll get to what was really shouted in my spirit in just a few minutes, but Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. It's speaking about deception. Paul speaks in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4, and the charge that uh, Paul gave to Timothy was preach the word. How many of you know we need the word today like never before? And he, he gave him the charge, preach the word, be instant season, out of season, reprove and re rebuke with all longsuffering and doctrine. For there's a time coming when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they'll turn from the truth unto fables. That's what the scripture is teaching. It's happening today. How many of you can say Amen. In 1 Timothy 4 and 1, Paul said, Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Church, there are seducing spirits that want to, want to break our will. They literally want to break our will from serving God, from doing the things that God has called us to do as Christians, and there are doctrines of devils and doctrine of, of demons that are out there in the land today. In, in 2 Timothy 3, uh, 2 through 5, Paul said, and there's several things right here. He said, men should be lovers of self. Self-centered. And, and we as believers, we're to have the mind of Christ and, and not only think about ourselves, but think about the things of others. This is the mind of Christ that we're to operate in. We're not to be self-centered. God has called us to, to operate in the mind of Christ. 
covetousness, boasters and proud and blasphemers, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections. You know what that means? It means that many today, and we're seeing it today, they're having affection over things that are not natural. Even, even perverted things in the day in, in which we live, it's going to be a time when they have uh, affections uh, that are not natural. Despisers of those that are good. Can you, can you see that today? Traitors and high-minded uh, are, are traitors, haughty and high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, just having a, having a facade and denying the power to really change, change a person. They'll have a form of godliness, just a facade. This is what the picture that the Bible uh, paints for us. That form of godliness. In, in verse 13, it, it is said that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul even said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All of us that live godly. How many of you are living godly? He said, we're, we're going we're gonna to suffer persecution. There is a, there is a suffering a righteous suffering that, that uh, you know, it's, it's like it's the cross that we bear. And that brings me to what was really spoke in my heart. And, and if you have your Bibles, you're going to be able to turn uh, to some of these things. But Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8, it says, And, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famine and pestilence and earthquake in diverse places. And even as Pastor shared uh, Sunday morning, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Living in the, the, the beginning of sorrows. That's, that's where we are at today. But something that really just come out in my spirit is what Jesus said. Did you ever read something? You read through it and read through it. And, and, and then you come back sometimes and the Holy Ghost just quickens it to you. And it just shouts at you and just comes off the page. Well, I want to share with you what uh, literally come out and shouted in my spirit. It's something our commander in chief said to us. The Lord Jesus. It's his teachings. He said this, you're going to see these things. See that you be not troubled. Goes along with uh, Pastor Randy's message Sunday night about our trust in God. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. There's some things that are prophesied in the scripture concerning the last days that are going to come to pass. Can you say amen? amen? It's going to happen. But you and I, regardless of the circumstances, you and I have got to keep our faith and our trust in our God. Yeah. Come on. Come on, I, I, I don't want to be shaken in these last days in the midst of this shakening because I want to remain. And how many of you know there's going to be those that remain 
and not affected by the shakening. I believe maybe it's going to wake up a, a, a sleeping giant called the church. Come on. See that you be not troubled. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to uh, Psalms, uh, Psalms 46. I'm trying to go slow tonight, but go to speed it up a little bit too. What can we do about a, a sick nation? How many of you know our, our nation is pretty sick? What can we do as the church concerning this sick nation that we're in? One of the things that we can do, and there are several things that we can do, we can keep our faith and our trust in God. I don't want to be one of those that depart from the faith. I don't want to become a spiritual dropout. How about you? I want to keep the faith. I want to keep the trust that I have in God. Psalms 40, 46 in verses 1 through 3, and then we'll read 10 and 11. I want you to listen to these words because these are words of faith and trust. And then it says, Sheila, in other words, stop and meditate on this. Allow yourself to, to absorb what is being said. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed. Listen to that. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with all with the swelling thereof, Shelah. Stop and meditate upon. How many of you know that? Those are faith-filled words and, and trust in our God. How many of you believe he's an ever-present help in time of need? Come on, church. He promised he'd never leave us. He promised he'd never forsake us. So regardless of the circumstances and regard, you know, I don't know what uh, this next year brings. And I don't know what in store, but I know who's in charge of, of this year to come. I know who's in charge of my, my life. I know who has a good plan for my life. How many of you can say Amen. Come on, we serve a God that's not going to forsake us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be with us. Hallelujah. Listen to verse 10 and 11. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Glory to God. I want to I want to read a, a a scripture Randy Randy used. Uh, pull my tab off. Um, Sunday night. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Verses 6 through 8. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, it says, Be careful for nothing. I love what, the way the Amplified puts it. I wrote it in my, my Bible. It says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. 
Do not fret. Do not have any anxiety about anything. Be careful for nothing. But in, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Here we go, Brother Randy. And the peace of God which passes all understanding is able to keep our hearts and our minds through Christ. It makes me want to go, woo! Everybody do that with me, would you? Woo! Come on, that's what, listen, the peace of God is able to keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible said, he that keeps his mind stayed upon the Lord, he will keep him in perfect peace. How many of you want peace? How many of you know Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. Glory to God. But Paul goes on to uh, share some responsibility that we have as believers. And he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are, are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. How many of you have heard to say, junk in, junk out? You know, I, I remember when years, years back when, when I gave my heart and rededicated my life back in 1973, I realized that I couldn't just allow my mind to run anywhere, just uh, have free course. Like, you know, before I, I dedicated my life to God, I thought on everything. Unforgiveness, bitterness, just whatever, whatever, you know, uh, my mind dwelled upon, I could, I could dwell on it back then. But when I give my heart and my life to God, I realize that we've got to bring every thought into subjection to the knowledge of God. I can't control your mind. You can't control my, I, my uh, father in the faith. He said, you, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your, your, your hair. Amen. We've got, we've got to govern the, the things that we think and think on good things. I'm fixing to take a sabbatical. Someone says, what? A sabbatical of the news. <laughs> I am fixing to take a sabbatical of the news. I am sick and tired of it. I ain't saying I ain't never going to watch it, but I am going to take a sabbatical from the news. And I'm going to get into the book more this year. How about you? You got any goals set this year? You know, Romans 12 and 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, it's a, I can't express, and I don't believe anybody else can express how important it is, the word of God in our life. I, I listened to, to uh, Jim. I, I congratulated him on becoming Sunday school superintendent. And uh, I heard him say, I'm an advocate for Sunday school. And I am too. I, I, I thank God for Sunday school. 
Someone asked me, said, you get anything out of Sunday school? Do you know when you're hungry, you're going to get something out? There's a promise for God from God. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And I'm an advocate for Sunday school, but I'm an advocate for church attendance. Oh, come on, preachers. I'm, a, I'm an advocate for church attendance. I believe in faithfulness. Come on. How many of you know faithfulness is the crowbar of God? It is what God uses through his people to accomplish some things in this earth. He works through people that are faithful. And he accomplishes things. Glory to God through faithfulness. I'm, I'm thinking about a years back, and, and Holy Ghost brought this to my remembrance. Dwight Thompson told a story. This has been years back. I, I haven't heard much about him in, in years, but he told the story of a, a, of a woman that, you know, loved, loved the church, loved uh, God's house. How many of you love God's house? Come on, church. Where would we be without the church? God's house. And she loved, she loved the church and she was faithful to the church, but her husband wasn't a Christian. And one evening she was preparing to go to church and her husband said, you're not going to church tonight. She very politely kept getting dressed. She said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to church. The story was told by Dwight Thompson that he went in a room and got a shotgun. And as she was preparing to put her hand upon the door to go to church, he, he said these words. He said, if, if you go out that door to go to church, I'm going to blow your head off. I loved her response. She said, if you squeeze that trigger, I'm, straight, I'm straight going straight to heaven. And if not, I'm, I'm going straight to church. Come on. I believe in faithfulness. I believe God wants us to be faithful to the house of God. I say that according to the word of God. But we've got we've, we've to be careful about keeping our faith and our trust in God. We got to be careful about girding up the loins of our mind and, and, and the meditations of our heart because the Bible talks about as a man thinks, so is he. A prosperous soul is one of the most important things for our life. You know, it's God's will that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. Soul prosperity is vitally important for your life and for my life. How many of you can say amen? Can I have an amen out there? It's vitally important. This, this word is vitally important. I can't put enough emphasis on it. I think about what Jesus said, man shall not... not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. What can we do? What can we do concerning this sin-sick world? I, I think 2 Chronicles 7.14 is God's remedy for a sick nation. 
I believe it's a relevant word. I know that it was given to ancient Israel. But I believe that there are steps within 2 Chronicles 7, 14 that can cause revival to come. I believe it could cause an awakening to come. And how many of you would like to see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with pastor about that dream of the masses coming in. How many, of, how many of you want to see the masses come in? How many of you believe our time is short? Come on, church. There's just a few days to labor. I, I believe our time is short. But how many of you know, I, I've, I've learned a long time ago, God can do a suddenly. On the day of Pentecost, it was a suddenly, and 3,000 were saved. Pretty powerful. Come on, somebody say, bring it on, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I believe that Second Chronicle has some steps, 14, steps to help us. And we have a responsibility in this day and in this hour. And, and, and I believe one of our responsibilities is to be ambassadors in this day and in this hour. We're on the earth to represent the kingdom of God and to bring others in harmony with God. That's our mission. That's our project. That's what God has for the church. And there are four steps listed in verse 14. Number one, humble ourselves. Number two, pray. Number three, seek his face. Number four, turn for, from evil. These are four steps in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Then there is the response of God. Then God will hear from heaven, forgive sin, and heal our land. You know, when you think about humble ourselves, I can't humble you. You can't humble me. But we can humble ourselves. The Bible is calling for us to humble ourselves. This speaks of humility. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. I don't want to be a person that's walking around with an inflated ego. I don't want to be a person that thinks more highly of, a, uh, of myself than, uh, than I ought to think. Come on. I don't want to be like a hot air balloon just full of hot air. Come on, church. We've got to humble ourselves and realize that God is God and we are not and we need God. James 6 and 4 says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. How many of you want more grace? I love the favor of God. And I tell you what, if we humble ourselves, he said he would, he would give us more grace, more favor. We need the favor of God in this day and in this hour. Amen? So we gotta humble ourselves. And we got to pray. We got to pray, church. 
God looks for someone to intercede. God looks for somebody that will stand in the gap for this nation. Stand in the gap for our loved ones. How many of you want your loved ones to make it? Come on, church. How many of you got grandkids that maybe they're not, not exactly where they, they need to be with God and you want them to make heaven their home? You want their name down in the Lamb's book of life. Come on. Come on, church. We as the church have got to regain the urgency of being the ambassadors for Christ. I believe the day is at hand. I, I believe the trumpet is, uh, the stage is being set and the trumpet of God will sound one day and then our labors on earth will be done. Scripture says we ought to pray for those that are in leadership that we might live a quiet and peaceful life for that is acceptable and that is, that is God's will for this earth. Amen. We ought always to pray and not faint. Any revival I've ever seen and studied about it, it was birthed through prayer. Amen. And seek his face. To me, this, this speaks of hunger for God. How many of you are hungry for God? Like the old song, and I was trying to, haven't sung it in so long. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look into his, what is it, glorious face. Then the things of this earth will become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, as we turn our eyes to where our face, we're seeking God's face, then, then the things of the earth become strangely dim, don't they? How many of you are in, in the midst of this fast? You're spending time with God. Come on. I tell you, you don't want to come to my house for dinner right now. Wife was, you know, we're, we're doing the Daniel's fast. And I thought my wife was bringing me a hamburger. And she bought, brought me a bean burger. Now it fooled my eyes, but it didn't fool my belly. I'm like, where's the beef? Come on, church. But you know, this time of fasting is, is a very important thing. Uh, we've done this for years. It gives you a spiritual thrust into this new year. How many, of you, how many of you need a spiritual thrust? I do. It means being hungry for God. That's an important thing. You know, Paul was hungry for God. It was very evident. His, his very quest was that I might know him. And he said, I, I, not that I have obtained, but there's one thing that I do, I, I press you know, we got to keep pressing in this day and in this hour, church. We got to keep pressing in. There's something about zeal. 
Come on. And we got to press. We got we to gotta stay stable in unstable times. Hunger for God. And turn from their wicked ways. David's prayer, actually a psalm, has become my prayer. I've prayed this. Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. This has been my prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Come on, church. How many of you know that needs to be our, our prayer? I don't want to look, you know, be looking around and seeing a beam, you know, a little beam in, in, in somebody's eye and I've got a telephone pole in my eye. Come on, church. We need to take uh, examination of our own selves. Say, God, if there's something inside of me, you know, there, there, can, be, there can be many different things in the heart of a believer. Jealousy. We're not to be jealous of one another. We're co-workers, one another with Christ. Bitterness and unforgiveness and all of these things. To know to do good and do it not is sin. Sin is destructive. How many of you can say amen? The wages of sin is death. It brings forth heartache and pain. I figured out God's way is the best way. I, I want to walk in those everlasting paths. Amen. Search me, oh God. I read something, and, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close, and maybe if the sound man would put on uh, some praise music or brother play piano or something like that, we'll gather around and seek the Lord for a season. But I read something the other day that disturbed me. And I want you to hear it, and I'm going to read it twice. This comes from the founder of the Salvation Army. And this is what he said. I consider that the chief, chief dangers which confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost. Christianity without Christ. Forgiveness without repentance. Salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Man, I, I, I read that. Do you ever read something that disturbs you a little bit? I considered that the chief dangers which confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost. I tell you, church without the presence of God is not church. Come on. I love the presence of my God.
I love times of refreshing that comes from his presence. Man, it's refreshing. Makes you, makes you, you know, makes you want to have afterglow after service and just stick around, just bask in his presence. How many of you, how many of you through this fast, you've been drawing nigh to God and God's been drawing nigh to you and his presence has been so real. It's a powerful thing. Religion without the Holy Ghost. Christianity without Christ. Forgiveness without repentance. Salvation without regeneration. Politics without God. Seems like that's happening today. And heaven without hell. I believe we have a mission. I believe we have an assignment as a church that You know, we need to be about our Father's business in this day and in this hour. I want to see this house full. Glory to God. How many of you want to see this house full? How many of you know God can do a suddenly? How many of you are believing for a suddenly? How many of you are praying and interceding uh, for this nation? I tell you, we need a sense of desperation, church. We need to take every advantage that we have to be a light in this world. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?